Would you turn with me this morning to the book of Galatians? Y'all like Galatians? <laughs> well, there's not much else that's uh, worth more to get excited about. The word is life to those who find it and health and medicine to all their flesh. Galatians 5. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, why don't you raise your hand? We have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to uh, let you use one of ours. It just helps you when you take the time and make the effort to turn to the Scripture for yourself. Maybe you got four or five Bibles at home, but you didn't bring one today. Use one of ours. Go to Galatians 5. Galatians 5. And we'll read the first verse. Everybody happy? You in a big hurry? Yeah. Good. Galatians 5 and verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We're going to talk about freedom today. Another translation says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. There's a play, it doesn't exactly come out in the English, but in the Greek there's a play on the words. It was for freedom that he set us free. You'll hear it a little better when you say it like that. It's a double emphasis. Why did he set us free? So he could be free. For freedom. It it goes to his very nature. Who he is and what he is. Freedom was not the creation of the United States of America. We enjoy some freedom. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for my country. But long before there was a U.S., long before, God was a God of freedom and always will be a God of freedom, real freedom. Heaven's a free place. (laughs) Ah, there's freedom in heaven. Freedom. Freedom from every vice and Freedom from every curse and freedom and liberty from debilitating fears and timidity. Nobody in heaven's too bashful to say, praise the Lord. Oh, they're shouting in heaven, praising in heaven, singing in heaven, enjoying in heaven. And he said for us to pray. That his will would be done on the earth. Just as it is. In heaven. Can we be free here and now? Yeah. Are we as free as we could ever be? Today. No we're not. 
Moses says, well, I, I think I am. No, you're not. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because the scripture says in John 8, you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Well, do you know and are you walking in all the truth that there is to know and to walk in? Well, no, you're not. How many can say with gladness that you're freer today than you used to be? Uh, Phyllis and I used to be bound. We used to be bound financially. You ever want to go somewhere and didn't have money to buy a tank of gas? So wanted to give in the offering and just didn't have anything. That's bondage. I said, that's bondage. That's not being free. That's, that, that's bondage. Freedom is go anywhere you want to. Anytime you want to. Stay as long as you want to stay. Come back when you want to. <laughs> that's freedom. That's why I like airplanes. freedom it really is put you in control we were uh, we were going somewhere with some people we'd been in a meeting and we we're getting ready and i was in the cockpit and fellow was with me and he said uh, uh we stopped we're about to tax out to the runway we're going to go north and and uh, i looked at him i said you want to go somewhere else he looked at me in shock he said can we i said yeah <laughs> you can't do that on an airliner Right? I bet we've been in midair before, you know, and, and, and just call up and say we changed our destination. Freedom. Well, a lot of countries you can't, you couldn't even own your own plane. You can in this country. How many glad you can sing whatever you want to on your porch? <laughs> Are you enjoying that? You can jump out in your front yard and praise God just as loud as you want to. Huh? We come in here this morning. Without censorship. Oh, glory to God. Nobody told me what to preach this morning. Oh, it's wonderful. I I think sometimes we don't know how wonderful it is because we're used to it. But there are many, many places in the world where this is not so. You'd be in danger of your life to preach what we preach and do what we do. But we just do it freely and gladly. We thank God uh, you know, for this country. We thank God for our veterans. We thank God for everybody that has paid the price. But you understand that ultimately it's God that gave us this. Amen. Right? Yes, and more importantly, He has given us our spiritual freedom. Yes. And our eternal freedom. Amen. And He said, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We've been delivered from some stuff. Don't get back in it. Don't go back. Go forward. How many know in God it'll be from grace to grace and from faith to faith. And faith comes by the word. So that's revelation of truth. So it's from truth to truth. And it's from freedom to freedom. Can you be more free by the end of this year than you are right now? Can you be? Yeah, and you're supposed to be. Phyllis and I, like I said, we used to be bound financially. We're not bound like that anymore. Glory to God. Used to be bound with marriage troubles. Strife in the house. Tension. We don't have that anymore. Man, it's good to go month after month and not have a fight. 
That's freedom. Freedom. Used to be in bondage just through ignorance. Just not knowing what to do and how to do it. But God's enlightened us and brought us truth. And it's comforting and it's freedom to know what to do and how to do it. And not deliberate it and be frustrated about it. So God has got us on a path of freedom. And we're going from truth to truth and from freedom to freedom. Say it out loud, I'm going to stand fast. In the freedom, in the liberty, in which Christ has made me free. Now, in talking about freedom, there's a definition of freedom that so many people use that for kingdom people like you and I is completely incorrect. One definition of freedom, if you look in the dictionary, is free or liberty or freedom is free to do as one pleases. Well, in the kingdom of God, this is not so. Did you hear me? We are not, we have not been set free to do as we please. Have we? In this same chapter right here, Galatians 5, just look on down. Just a few verses. To the uh, 13th verse. Galatians 5 and 13. He says, for brethren, you have been called to liberty. And let's just stop right there. Did you know you had a call on your life? (laughs) And what is it? You have a divine call to be free. Oh, we didn't shout enough about that. Have you thought about that before? We have a divine, we are called are you called? Yeah, I'm called. I'm called to be free and live free. That's why every people from every nation, every generation that has been in some type of servitude, something in them rebelled against it and knew it was not right. We're not called, we're not created. To be in bondage. We're created to be free. Now the devil has another plan. Do you know what his plan is? Bondage. Bondage. Servitude. Not, not Not willingly. But servitude. Under compulsion. I don't, some of these things sound simplistic, but, but listen with your heart and you'll get insight into the nature of God and the nature of the enemy this morning. God's a God of freedom. He has the power, but he'll never use it to, to manipulate and control. Did you hear this now? God has the power. Do you understand? He could shake this planet. And bring the proudest man and woman to their knees in a moment of time. Oh, he could do it. He could speak one word that reverberate through the core of this planet and the heavens. And there would not be one unbeliever left. Why don't he do it? 
He does not choose to. It is not his plan. It is not his way to control people through fear. One of the reasons I love him so is he, he made me, he made you, he created us. He gives us, he owns us by right of origination. He owns us by right of creation. And then he sustains us every millisecond. People debate about creation. Well, all, you know, all you got to do is stop and ask a question. What keeps the sun shining? What keeps the world turning? And why did you take your next breath? Oh, well, it's involuntary. You know, the, the heart pumps and the nerves come from. Fine. Where did it come from to get to there? <laughs> well, it's the mystery of life. Yeah, you mean you don't know. God, it is God, right? In Him we live and we move and we have our being. He gives us our every breath, our every heartbeat. Take another breath. Now say thank you. Thank you. Not to me, of course. To God. Not to each other. Not even to mom and daddy. Right? To God. To God. But God, I mean, he, he owns us by right of creation. He owns us by right. I mean, if, if we thought that he didn't own us, he could just cut off our air. <laughs> withhold the life force. Withhold. I mean, it wouldn't take but a few seconds. We'd all, we'd all be going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in charge. You're in charge. Let's have some air, please. I'm not talking about creation. I'm just talking about what it takes to make it through the rest of the day. He owns us by creation, by right of sustenance. And as if that was not enough, he gave us, in our parents, Adam and Eve, a free will. Now, this is one thing that distinguishes us in creation. Not only are we free, but we have freedom to choose our own words. There's a reason why all the animals don't speak right now. We are speaking spirits like God. We're created in his likeness and image. And and we've been given complete freedom to choose what we will believe and what we will say. This is like God operates. We're made in his image and likeness. And he gave Adam and Eve this freedom and this ability. And it was so much so that they could use it in rebellion against him. They could believe against him. They could disobey him and they did. Did he make them obey him? Did he force them? Did he come and say, no, you're not. No, you're not. I made you. You are not going to do this against me. No, he let them do it. And this is why sometimes I heard somebody the other day, they were saying, how can God, it be true that God is real and he really is a good God and you look at all this famine and you look at all this war and you look at all these crimes and all these terrible, how can a good God let things like that happen? These are ignorant people talking. Did you hear me? 
Is God real? Is he good? Then how can he let it happen? See, people's focus is in the wrong place. The reason all of these terrible things, the curse itself, is in the earth is because man has a free choice. That's why it's this way. And man has chosen wrongly and defied God and rebelled against God. And what all the stuff we see are the consequences of sin. What's the results of sin? The wages of sin is death. That's what we're seeing. Oh, but God had a plan. Even though he owned us by right of creation and he gave us our freedom and he owns us by right of sustaining, we sold ourselves through sin. He bought us back. His own creation. He bought us. With the most precious thing in all time and eternity. The Bible said you could not be redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. There's not enough money. There's not enough trillions in the world to buy one soul. You can't get enough money equal to the value of one soul. But there was something that was valuable enough to buy souls. It was and it is the precious blood of the Lamb. Of God, and he shed every drop of it. He paid it. And he bought us. So are you with me now? He owns us by right of creation. He owns us by right of sustaining us every millisecond. And he owns us again by right of purchase. You know what he does? He says, says, now I made you free. And you lost it. But I bought it back for you. And here's your freedom again. And here's the keys. Serve me if you will. And if you don't, you won't. Did you hear me now? This is one reason I love him so much. This is how he is. He's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to force you. He's not going to coerce you. He says, serve me if you will. Because from the beginning... So said, well, why was there a tree of knowledge of good and evil? Why was it even there? Because if you don't have a choice, you can't have real love. There's got to be a choice. I mean, if people can't choose not to serve you, if they can't choose not to love you, if there's no choice, you don't have real love, real faith, real faithfulness. There's got to be a choice. People have to have the ability to do something else. And that's what is happening Throughout the whole earth, God has given all mankind a choice. Serve me if you will. I'm so glad I've chosen to serve him. How about you? Somebody said, I, say it out loud. I choose him. I choose to serve him. Wise people do. Foolish people do their own thing. They think they're free to do as they please. But now, look at this, this, what is the 13th verse? Galatians 5, he said, verse 1, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. But verse 13, he says, brethren, you have been what? Called unto liberty. Man, that does something for me this morning. Called unto liberty. Called unto liberty only... Use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Are there people who are abusing their freedom? 
Are there people in this country who abuse the freedoms of this country? They use their freedoms to hurt other people. And see, it's what has happened through the attacks of terrorists on us. They abused our liberties. Right? And now it has impacted some of our liberties. People are not able to move quite as freely as, as they once did. But we still have freedom. Amen. Right? Amen. And he said, you are, you, you've been called to freedom. Yes. But don't use your freedom for what? For an occasion to serve the flesh. Well, i got to be free. I mean, you, you, you hear this all the time. People that are rebellious, it's one of, their fav- one of their favorite phrases. People who don't want to submit to any kind of authority. Usually they say it like this, that they know it wouldn't sound right if they just said, now i got to be free to do what I want to, the way I want to, any time I want to. They know that wouldn't sound spiritual in church. They know that, that wouldn't sound. So this is how they said, i got to be free to do what the Lord tells me to do. They say that instead. I've got to be free. But again and again you see that their so-called exercise of freedom imposes on other people. Infringes in other people. You know? You know, I, I enjoy good music. But you know, sometimes you people see, see people want to play tambourines in the congregation. Well, that could be okay, but you know, a lot of times they're playing it in somebody's ear. And they're hurting them. But they got to be free. Oh, y'all are not, y'all didn't get as excited about that. And and people want to dance. Well, I believe in dancing. I dance myself. But you know, so many times you notice a lot of folks, they want to dance in the front. Have you noticed that? They want to dance in the front. We, we tell people, you know, they want to dance. Well, great. Dance in the back. You know, unless everybody's dancing, then it don't matter. But if you're the only one dancing, well, dance in the back. No, I got to be free. <laughs> I got to be. Well, you're, you're trying to use your liberty as an occasion for the flesh. You want to do what you want to do. No matter how it affects anybody else. Hmm? You ever see people get to shouting? Slap everybody around them. You ever see, I mean, they're whacking people right and left and, and, and people are injured. Because of their blessing. Well, see, that was flesh. I've seen people fall in the spirit for real in the spirit. And you thought for sure they got hurt. I know Phyllis one time years ago. We were in a service and the Spirit of God came on her. And she and, and in this place where we at, nobody believed in catchers. There were no catchers. <laughs> there were no ushers. <laughs> there were no catchers. And she fell. And there was a hardwood uh, altar. And there was a corner. I mean, just like this. Sharp corner of wood. She fell and hit her back of her head on that corner I mean, the very point of it, when she fell out up there at the altar, everybody heard it. I mean, pow. 
And then she's laying there motionless. <laughs> and you know, it was the kind of thing you'd think, man, that, that had to hurt. But she really fell in the spirit. And she lay there for some time, and she got up, and I asked her I, I, later, I, well, I could, you know, I could see, you know, the anointing was on her, so I didn't bother at the moment. But, but later on at home, I said, uh, uh, are you okay? She said, what do you mean? I said, man, you, you hit your head on that, uh, the corner of that thing. We, everybody heard it all over the church. She said, did I? She said, I don't think so. I said, yeah, I saw it. We, everybody, she, she, and, and I examined her head. I mean, there was no bump. There was no cut. There was nothing. Huh? A twitch, she said. <laughs> She's joking. What I'm saying is there's a lot of stuff that people do. And one way you can tell it's flesh, it infringes on others around them. If it's really in the spirit, it won't infringe on people around you. It'll just bless them. Did you hear me? I got to be free to prophesy to anybody I want to. And it's annoying to people. Because they're in the flesh. Now the Bible just said, it said to, you know, prove all things. Don't despise prophesyings. Because God uses it. But it, uh, there are other times when uh, people are just, they're, they're trying to exhibit their gift. I know we were a, a, a friend of mine was in a meeting one time. He's telling me about it. He said they had ministers from all over the city there. They had mainline denominational ministers that didn't believe in speaking in tongues and these kind of things and didn't believe in the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, but they were there to do another thing. Well, this one guy came in, and he thought it was his opportunity. And so he popped up, and he said, Yea, thus saith the Lord. And he started prophesying. Well, if it had been God, that would have been okay. But he's just trying to do something, I guess, and because he's missing it every time. He called one person out and ministered to them. And he said, well, you know, the Lord shows me that you have a real ministry of singing. He says, well, you know, my wife don't even want me singing in the shower. Oh. He called another guy. He said, the Lord shows me that you have a place high up in the city. He said, well, I drive a garbage truck. So he's missing it again and again. How many know it's time to sit down? But he just keeps blaring on. And, and you can tell when something is flesh, it's just annoying. It's not blessing you. It's like you wish they'd hurry up and, and get through and quit. When it's the anointing, it's not that way. It's like, hmm, glory to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a, a witness in you that it's right because you've got the same spirit in you that whoever else is speaking to us. Finally, he says, uh, the Lord chose me. There's somebody here named Vern. Vern? Vern, are you here? The Lord said, Vern. And he said, nobody responded. And he just kept going minute after minute. Vern, are you here? Vern? Vern. The Lord's got a word. Vern? He said, finally, one of the other ministers that they didn't think was, you know, charismatic, he stood up and said, Yea, thus saith the Lord, Vern's not here. <laughs> well, that's why, now listen, that's why 
The scripture says, despise not prophesying. Because they had some stuff like that, and you hear enough of that, then somebody pops up and says, hey, thus saith the Lord. Your tendency might be to go, oh, hush and sit down. But it could be God this time. Did you hear me? And so you, you have to watch that. But what we're saying is when people, well, read, read the scripture again, verse 13, what does it say? You've been called to liberty, but what? Don't use your liberty as an occasion for the flesh. See, people excuse all kind of things in the name of, oh, don't put me in bondage. Can't, don't put me in bondage. What, what are they trying to say? I got to do what I want to do when I want to do it and nobody say nothing. Well, no. No. You're not the only one who has the Holy Ghost. Right? You're not the only one that has a Bible. In particular, the Lord didn't put you over, uh, you know, something. Then you can't just do anything you want to contrary, uh, contrary to leadership. I know when I first got here. Uh... The first few weeks of some things, uh, different ones wanted me to let them do some things that they wanted to do. And what they're doing is they're seeing it as their opportunity to, uh, they, they couldn't do it on their own, but they think this is an opportunity for them to do their vision under me. And uh, so I said, no. And then somebody said, well, how about if we do this? And I said, no. And then somebody said, well, surely you let us do this. And I said, no. And I said, no, a lot. And one person, he he uh, he kind of got a little huffy, and he said, "Well, surely, surely you're gonna let us do this." And I said, "No, no." And one reason, one thing he didn't know is just the week before, the Lord spoke to me. He spoke to me, and he said, "Keith, if you're always giving in to everybody, who's leading this place?" I thought, well, wouldn't be me. He said, if I'd have wanted somebody else to lead it, I'd have put them in. Right? See, flesh. Everybody say flesh. Flesh. See, people use liberty as an occasion for the flesh. Don't they? And you'll see that their so-called exercise of their freedom infringes on other people. And hinders them and causes them problems. But they're oblivious to that because I got to be free. I got to be me. I got to do what I got to do. And usually they, they try to camouflage it by saying, I got to do what the Lord tells me to do. Oh, are we having fun so far? Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at another couple. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word uh, be established. Look in First Peter, the second chapter. Let's look at another couple of these. First Peter 2. Are we free? Yes. yes, we are. But free to do what? We moved away from that verse too quickly, didn't we? Go back go back to Galatians. Sorry. Galatians 5 and 13. We didn't read the whole verse. What did he say? You've been called to liberty. Only what? Don't use it as an occasion for the flesh. Listen to another translation. One said, uh, brothers, you're called to be free. But don't let this freedom become an excuse 
for letting your physical desires control you. People say, we're not under the law. You know, so I do a little drugs. You know, I drink quite a bit. I, you know, but, but don't put me under bondage. We're not under the law. Well, you're using freedom as an excuse for the flesh. Another one said, you, you've been called to freedom, but don't let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh or an opportunity or excuse for selfishness. But what did he go on to say? But by love, serve one another. By love, serve one another. Have you been set free? Have you been called to freedom? For what purpose? To what end? So you can serve. Say it out loud. Free Free to serve. serve. See, this is the Spirit of God. Not free to do what pleases me. Free to serve. Nobody's controlling me. Nobody's making my decisions for me, but I choose to use my freedom to be a blessing. Right? That is the spirit of the Christ. The anointed one. In fact, just hold your place here and go back to, let's see, uh, Matthew. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Matthew 20. This is what the master said. About this. Matthew 20. And verse 25. Matthew 20, 25. Jesus called them to him and he said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they that are great exercise authority upon them. Another translation said it like this. Um, the, he said, In the world... Kings are tyrants, and officials lord it over people beneath them. He said, but it shall not be so among you. Free in the world and free in the kingdom means two different things. Right? Free in the world means free to do what I want to. Free to live any ungodly lifestyle. Right? Free to leave my husband, free to leave my wife, free to shack up with whoever, free not to take care of my kids. I'm a free spirit. <laughs> You're an irresponsible, sorry rascal. I'm free. Well, I've got to be a free woman. I've got to be free and I've got to, I've got to have my needs met. You're full of lust. And, and you're emotionally immature. Yep. Right? Yes, no, we have been set free. Amen. Set free from our desires. Set free from sin. Yes. Right? So we can. Sure. We choose. Nobody's making us. But we choose to use this freedom of ours to bless other people. Help other people. Say that loud again. Free to serve. Again, free to serve. serve. Let's say it out loud together. Free to serve. I'm free to serve. I'm free to serve. He said, it shall not be so among you, but whoever will be great among you, let him be your minister, your servant. And whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. 
Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to or served, but to minister and serve and give his life a ransom for many. Did Jesus come to be served? No. He, is he free? Yes, but he did, he did not come to be served. He's our example. See, so many times in ministry, people have the wrong idea. They're thinking, well, nobody will support my ministry. And nobody believes in me. And, 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 and nobody acknowledges my gift. And, 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 and nobody will help me and, and do my ministry and, and do what I'm called to. Well, it's not surprising. <laughs> See, you think a call to the ministry equals people serving you. Did you hear me now? No. You should be thinking about how I can help somebody. Focusing on that instead of what people are supposed to do for you. It's the law of love. If you are thinking about what your husband's supposed to do for you. Or what your wife is supposed to do for you. Or what your company's supposed to do for you. That's selfishness. That's not the law of love. That's not what you were set free to do. I, I've told you this before and it'll bear repetition. I have a... A, a motto that I live by personally, and it's an application of this. It's uh, when it comes to people doing something for me, I purpose in myself to expect nothing and be grateful for everything. What do you mean? And what what somebody should do for me, I refuse to let myself think they should do something. Right. No matter how well you might be known or what you might, God might use you to do, you don't just automatically expect that people give you a seat or they give you a parking lot or they give you an offering or they do this or they do that. Did you hear me now? Why should you expect that? And I don't like, you know, people around me, they know this, and I don't like people using the word deserve. Concerned people think they're blessing you sometimes. Well, you know, y'all work hard. You deserve that. I don't like that word. I don't believe that. Did you hear me? They say, you know, y'all blessed Phyllis and me on uh, double honor days. I do not feel like I deserve that super nice motorbike. I don't. I am thankful for it. And I know what to do with it. (laughs) Now, the Lord told you to do some things for us as pastors. But that's between you and him. Did you hear me? If you didn't do anything, I'm not going to get miffed about it. I'm going to stay happy. Did you hear me? Because I don't expect you to. I don't feel like we deserve it. I'm not just saying that. That's how I really feel. Well, y'all have worked hard. You deserve this. No, no, no. Why are you blessed? God is gracious. He's gracious. He's, he'll give you what you don't deserve. He's gracious. He's good. And when it comes to what other people should do for you, refuse to let yourself think that way. Get delivered from that ungodly thinking. You are not set free so people could serve you and do for you. Well, my husband ought to do this for me. Quit it. Well, my wife's supposed to do that for me. Stop. Expect nothing. Require nothing And be thankful for everything. Okay? Don't just say it. Let's do it. He said, 
It's not to be that way among you. But whoever's going to be the greatest is going to be the servant of all. Are you still in First Peter? Then flip over there then. First Peter 2. Let's remind ourselves of this. Thank you, Lord. Give you a couple more of these. Then I think we're going to wind this up. And we're going to celebrate our freedom in Christ today by communion. How many know that the reason we're free is because of the broken body and the shed blood? Right? We we honored and thanked God for our our veterans a few minutes ago. uh, But the underlying source of all of our freedom is on this table here. Right? The representations of the body and blood. So we're sure enough going to celebrate. Not not just with a firecracker. We're going to celebrate. Right? I I mean all the way back to the core. And then you can shoot the firecrackers later. But uh, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. And verse uh, 16. 2.16 says what? As free, are you free? Yeah. yeah. You, Christ has made you free. Whether you feel free or not, believe it. Say it. But not using your liberty. Now, that sounds almost like what we read in Galatians. Not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but what? But as the servants of God. The Amplified says, live as free people. Yet, without employing your freedom as a pretext for wickedness. Don't use your freedom for that. But live free as servants of God. The NIV says, live as free men. Don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Skip over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, the second chapter. 2 Peter 2. Now, this is a very interesting passage here. He said, he's talking about individuals. Well, we better back up here, let's see, to about the uh, 14th verse. Well, it starts in verse 10. But I don't want to take the time to go through all of it. He, he's talking about people who are ungodly and who are just yielding to their flesh And verse 14, he describes some of it. He says, they got eyes full of adultery. You know there are people in church like that? They're supposed to be listening to the message. And just looking around. Undressing people with their eyes. That's That's bondage. I said, that's bondage. It is. You don't have to be that way. He said, I can't help it. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. You don't get that way overnight. You get that way because you feed on stuff you shouldn't be feeding on. You you watch stuff you shouldn't be watching. And you read stuff you shouldn't be reading. And when you feed desire, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger until it torments you. That's bondage. And he said, these are people, talking about people uh, around them, but their eyes were full of adultery and they can't cease from sin and they beguile unstable souls. Now, you're going to see that these are people who are Scripture quoters. 
But they are unclean in their personal life. But they put on a good front. And they beguile baby Christians. And people who don't know better with their promises of freedom. Now keep reading. He said uh, they have forgotten the right way. And they've gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, covetous, money hungry. Don't let anybody try to sell you on an investment because they're your Christian brother. Amen. Amen. Or because they go to the same church. That is no reason to get in business with somebody. Do you care if I talk about this a little bit now? There is a misconception, and cons everywhere know and are convinced that people like us are easy marks because we are trained to trust. We believe in the impossible. We believe that miraculous things can happen. So when somebody comes and tells us that we could have a million dollars in a week, we're trained to believe it. Did you hear me now? Can God do that? Yeah, he can do it. So see, we we believe things like that. We're trained to believe not having to see. So if we don't have proof of it, we're trained to believe without seeing or without understanding. So cons think that's the perfect mark. But here's the big difference, friend. We are supposed to trust without seeing anything, without understanding anything, God. God. Not people. Are y'all with me now? People say, yeah, but now, you, you know, we're supposed to love everybody. Love is not the same as trust. I can love somebody and not trust them any further than I can throw them. I can love you and not trust you at all. And you are not supposed to trust people you don't know. And you're not supposed to take their word blindly. They're not God. Are y'all with me now? Some folk need to hear this today. I know Phyllis and I some years ago, uh, you got time for this? Yes. We, some people approached us about an investment, and it sounded good, and a lot of people were getting in it. A lot of our friends were getting in it, and it really sounded good. We got excited about it. We were out of town, and we were going to meet these people, and we were already trying to think how we can put some money together to get into it, and you should make some good natural investments. You should. And the Lord will lead you. But who should you trust? You should trust God. Not people. You're going to trust people according to how much you know them. And then primarily what God says to you about them. Well, we're praying about it the night before. I'm kind of checking my heart and looking and looking. And this is what the Lord said to him. I said, said, Lord, you know, should we get in on this? I mean, it, it looks good to me. And I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but the Lord spoke to my heart. 
He actually reminded me of Scripture. Thank God for the Word of God because that's your point of reference for everything. And that's why you read your chapter every day. Right? Right. And so he brought the passage to me about Peter up on the housetop and he fell into that vision. And then he's wondering what it meant. And the Lord told him there were men downstairs at the door. He said, I have sent them. Go with them, nothing doubting. Now that's when you go with people. Not just because they showed up at the door and said, hey, we got a deal. You got to get in on this. Uh Uh-uh. The Lord said, I have sent them. Go with them, nothing doubting. And the Lord said to me, he said, I haven't said anything to you about these people. What does that mean? That means I got no reason to trust them. None. Did you hear me now? Well, that should be enough. And for us, it was. That's enough. Hey, enough said. We backed off. We said no. We actually asked, I asked some questions, and I saw they got nervous. Asked some questions about some things, and I said, well, you know, they're, they're Christians, 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 Christians all day long. And I said, well, you know, what about so-and-so? Can I look at this? Well, no, no, you can't look at it because it's out so-and-so. It's on the other side of the country. I said, well, we'll fire up the plane, and we'll be there tomorrow with a cashier's check. I don't want to see it. Oh, no, 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 you can't. Well, are you with me now? But see, Christians, are we're not supposed to be easy marks. We are supposed to be spirit-led all the time, right? We don't get sucked into stuff. We don't lose our money on bad investments. But see, the thing is, people are lazy. They don't want to pray for themselves. They don't want to be led. They just want to blindly, oh yeah, you go make me a lot of money and come back and give it to me. I'm just a trusting Christian. You're dumb. You're going to lose your money. You trust God. With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, you love him and you trust him. You do what he says without understanding, without seeing a thing. But when it comes to people, you ask for references and pictures. Are you with me? And you pray about it. And you let God confirm it to you. And then and only then do you step out into it. My, how'd we get into all that? Well, that's all right, isn't it? It's true, nonetheless. He said, these people, he said, they're full of eyes of adultery. They beguile unstable souls. They're like Balaam. And in verse uh, 18, he said, when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they Allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those who were clean, or the margin talks about in a little while, almost, or just, just newly, escaped from them who live in error. We've got to protect our babies around here. Yes, see, can you see how the enemy, he focuses on the babies? People who just got out of bondage themselves, they're just now beginning to get free. Well, see, the enemy will try to suck these guys back in. And as leaders, that's part of, that's part of my uh, job. If I see something that's hurting people in the church, I'm supposed to step up. And say, whoa, 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 no, uh-uh, no, no, this don't go. 
I got to look out for the babies. Right? That don't know better. You too. Right? For each other. And sometimes people, they just don't see it. They're so young, they just don't see what's going on. And sometimes you need to take them aside and say, hey, 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 have you prayed about this? What's the Lord said to you about this? No, 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 don't just, just because they said they're a Christian, no, you don't just follow them down the primrose path. No, no, no. He said, these people, verse 19, while they promise them what? Oh, we're going to make you free. You're going to be financially free forever. Oh, yeah, you can be free. Nah, you don't have to. We don't have to adhere to all those rules. Uh, sure, you can, you can have a boyfriend. You can have a girlfriend. Sure, you can have an alternate lifestyle. Sure, sure. Just, God just sees your heart. Just be free. Are y'all with? Are you listening now? They promise. They're promising them liberty. Come go to our church. We're the church of the free free. We'll do anything we want to. We're not bound by all those rules, you know, like marriage laws and vows. And No, those are all those man-made rules. No, all those rules against drugs. and all. No, no, no. We're free. We're free because it's just the body. And God doesn't really care what you do with the body. Lie. 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 He bought your body with a price. Right? They promise people liberty. You get, Come with us and you'll get free. What does it say though? They themselves are the servants of corruption. They are in bondage. And if you stay around them and look at them long enough, you'll be able to tell it very easily. They are in bondage. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. You are not supposed to be bound to alcohol or tobacco or drugs. Our sex, our spending, our anything. Right? What Paul talked about that he said, I'm, I'm not under law. He said, you know, I'm free to do any of these things. He said, but I'll not be brought under the power of any of them. I'm free to live the way I decide, but I'm not going to be brought under the power of anything. You've been called to freedom. Christ has made you free. Don't use that freedom as an occasion to the flesh. But use it to serve one another. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet please. Glory to God. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for setting us free. We need to praise him some more. Come on, just lift your hands. Lord, we thank you for setting us free. We thank you for setting us free. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for setting us free. Oh, thank you for setting us free. Oh, just keep praising Him. Some There's some things the Lord wants to do this morning before we go further. Some deliverance. Some liberation. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Oh, setting us free.